Welcome to We Are The Revelers, hosted by Randy and Misty Bradley. We Are The Revelers is a podcast for creative souls longing to revel in all life's messy glory. We know what it's like to crave time and space to create meaningful, mind-blowing work while becoming the amazing partners and parents we hope to be. Yet we often find ourselves steeped in the mundane. So we're on a mission to romance the ordinary and revel in all the bits of glorious lining the insides of our lives. We're betting there are a lot of you out there just like us. Join the party. We are the Revelers. thinking something more musical <laughs> something more musical yeah or in my head i was going <laughs> a little twilight zone <laughs> what about nope that's pink panther <laughs> that's what i was thinking of. <laughs> the spooky and the cookie. i think they're creepy they're and all they're together spooky <laughs> totally massacring the song <laughs> oh goodness so it's episode 60 episode 60 and i have a little voice thing going on i've been out in the wind and the cold and it was a little bit brutal this weekend in tulsa oklahoma for soccer. a soccer tournament soccer. all weekend long we played seven games of soccer in two days you did personally i felt like it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hauling, and it was at three different complexes, and so you're hauling all of your stuff from Oklahoma City to Tulsa and into the hotel room, and like it's a pack and play, and it's just it's just a lot of stuff to move. And you weren't with me, and my mom did meet me and help me out, and then you're hauling stuff back downstairs and out to the soccer fields and all these lawn chairs and sleeping bags and blankets trying to keep warm and water bottles and soccer equipment and then to the next complex and back into the car and back out of the car and back a million times. It felt like and it had been warm up until this point. And then it all of a sudden got yeah. down into the forties. But I also said several times, I really miss Randy. Well, of course you did. <laughs> He's a great pack horse. <laughs> oh, that's why you missed me. Seriously. I didn't realize how much I enjoy you moving things around for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I seemed to pack it whenever I did get there today. I, I think I packed it better than you. I had it packed that great going down there, but in all of the times of nothing ever got pulled back out of the, like all everything at the same time. Yeah. And then we had in, mom's like extra stuff in there and mm -hmm. we had all these other bags and then the kids are moving around and sneaking food out of the snack bag and, you know, so that no one's keeping it in order. Well, I wasn't there because I was shooting a commercial. Mm -hmm. I was wrangling that's gonna sound weird i was wrangling what probably 30 kids really not strangling <laughs> that's why i said it would sound weird and i wasn't strangling 30 kids but i was wrangling them so i had kids. my own kid thing going on so okay that puts into perspective something you laughed about the other night you got a text or an email or something and you were really laughing and i i didn't know the concept for this commercial so you saying there were 30 kids that makes me really laugh, too. I don't know what you're referring to. You got this email and started laughing. And I'm like, what is it? And you're like, well, the creative services manager is gone. And we're getting all these emails because he's not going to be there to let us know. And yada, yada, yada. This mom says, yes, my let's call her Samantha. Okay. Samantha will be there to star in the commercial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she said she was going to be starred. And you know, I'm now that I think about that, there was one lady that showed up. She showed up a little late and she was like, are we really going to shoot outside in this weather? And by that time, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. So it had warmed up considerably. It was probably 58. Which doesn't seem cold. No, it wasn't really windy either. So it wasn't that cold outside. And we're mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, yeah, we're shooting. <laughs> been here all day. We've been shooting all day. Um, she's like, well, I just don't know if... We're going to be in coach, right? I'm like, not necessarily. Some of them are going to be in shorts. It's supposed to be summer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was like, well, 
I just, I just don't know if she's going to be able to do this. Uh, <laughs> she was very. Um, I wonder if it was the same mom. I, I was wondering if it was the same. That's mom. so hilarious. Mine will be there to star. Be there to star, and then show up, and there's thirty kids <laughs> yeah, there. There's thirty other kids. You're, <laughs> you're, you're playing a bit part. So. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome, stage yeah. mom. <laughs> so I think, she, yeah, she really felt like a stage mom. <laughs> However, she would know that the show must go on, whether it's 58 degrees or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, speaking of shows going on, uh-huh. other than us talking about we did what we did all this weekend, and people knowing that we're literally sliding this episode into the mix yeah. <laughs> really quickly for Tuesday morning to come out on Halloween, which is why we were talking about spooky which is, again, why we talked about spooky songs. Exactly. <laughs> In the very beginning. See, it's all coming back around now. <laughs> and we thought that today would be the perfect time to talk about fear. What are you afraid of? I am a superhuman, and I'm afraid of nothing. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain some dignity. No, I wasn't even thinking about this. But now that you say that, I feel like we have great stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew we did, and therefore, I was trying to maintain my dignity. I didn't even think about any of that. I was thinking more, you know, what's the word? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking more... Like phobias? or No, like, I wasn't thinking about the funny stories I could tell about you when I was thinking <laughs> about fear. Well, I wasn't really referring to that either. I was kind of thinking about my childhood. But now that you mention it, that's going to be a funny story that they're going to hear probably in a little bit. <laughs> Again, does not help my manhood. <laughs> uh, There's more than one. <laughs> but it's worthy of putting on a podcast for our listeners to hear. <laughs> I, I will say that it will be entertaining for you guys to hear. Yeah, but we're going to make you wait. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to make you wait. Not because we have any set agenda here, but because you seem to be wanting to put it off. So what did you want to talk about first? Well, I mean, I just feel like there's things to lead up to. Like whenever you thought of this episode in fear, did you think about phobias? Oh, I thought about, it was just a good a good subject. And I actually thought we could take fear in different directions. Different directions yeah. I think people have different types of fears. Absolutely. And fear affects people differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I went to a conference and there was a speaker that was, I really am not sure what her exact topic was. I think it was more about just overcoming insecurity and feeling like you're worthy. I'm sure that if I look back at the the notebook, I could find what the specific topic was. But she talked a lot about what you're afraid of and she was asking people what they were afraid of. And I sat there and for probably one of the first times in my life, I couldn't think of any fears that were along the lines of insecurity or things that hold me back from things, because that's what she was asking for. Gotcha. Like insecurities. Right. Like what's keeping you from doing what you want to do in your business or that kind of thing. And the only thing I could think of that I was afraid of that could feel fear over was losing the people that I love. And, you know, definitely back, I mean, even recently, I mean, I've had different you know, insecurities about things. I think we all do think that maybe uh, we don't know enough about something or we're uh, afraid that something that we're trying to launch might not go off or something that we would like to accomplish that we might not be able to accomplish that or something like that. Like a fear of failure. Yeah, fear of failure or I think some people have fear of success, you know. But so the whole point that I'm saying here is I think I've come to a different place in my life about the things that I fear that might keep me up at night or keep me from anything. I don't feel like there's a lot of things that stand in my way now. Part of it, I think, is getting older. You're like, ugh, life is too short to let anything else hold me back. I'm like up against the clock now, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And then part of it is you just realize that the big bad boogeyman isn't what all he was made out to be, you know? Yeah, I feel like I'm in a different place now. Do you think everybody starts out with some type, some fears that later in life they get over? Yeah, which I think is a great point to say. Let's go back and talk about our childhood fears. Okay, childhood fears. I feel like two things were a catalyst for my childhood fears. One of them is that I come from a broken home. And in that breakup time period, there was a lot of fighting and stuff. And I feel like that aided because there was always this insecurity. There's always this fear of your parents fighting and, and things of that nature. So I feel like that definitely aided to that. And in, you know, some scary things probably too early in my childhood development. One of those being poltergeist. That that really 
scared me and then set off fear in me for a long time. And then the second one was that Geraldo, and maybe you guys will remember this, Geraldo did a Satanist special, you know, where he, he explored the whole Satanist thing that was big at that time. I don't know. Back in the 80s. Back in the 80s. Late 80s, early 90s, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I think I was told to go to bed, but I think I snuck in and watched it anyway. And that really wasn't something I should have done. Because we also live next to the woods, which people, whether this is true or not, I have no clue. People said that Satanists would go out in those woods and do things, which probably wasn't true. But it got lodged in my head that, that they were that close. And just everything that they were talking about, I can't even remember what it was now, but that and Poltergeist and then just... So what did you think the Satanists were going, to, were going to do? Well, I figured they knew that there was a, a sacrifice just minutes away <laughs> and that they were going to come get me. Obviously. Gotcha. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I remember, you know, being nothing... This had to have been from from the fighting period uh, that I would sleep with the covers over my head. I would just have my like eyes because if you put <laughs> if you put your covers over your head, then like all the carbon monoxide and heat from your breath uh, gets carbon really, monoxide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean dioxide? Well, of course, that's what I mean. <laughs> yes, the carbon dioxide. I had the sleepy sillies. <laughs> This is great then. It's going to be great for our listeners. Anyway, carbon dioxide. I've got the sleepy um, talks. Okay. (laughs) So that's how that's going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the heat would build up underneath there so you can't, or it's uncomfortable to stay under the covers like that. So I would always just put my nose and mouth and eyes outside of the covers so I could breathe cool, refreshing air. (laughs) Why are you laughing at that? But then... The boogeyman wouldn't be able to get me. I remember from very young. You could just age. pluck your eyes out. That's all there. <laughs> Those were magical blankets. <laughs> exactly. <You> could, <laughs> that's funny. You know, but that's not the rational mind of a child or whatever. So, yeah, he could just get my eyes and suffocate me. But I also remember that I had a younger brother and I would want to go sleep with him, even though. <laughs> like he was going to protect like, you. Exactly. So, what's that about? You could run faster if it's long. You only have to run faster than one person. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. But, you know, I think it was just being with somebody else helped get uh, help, helped assuage that fear for whatever reason. I, I shared a room with my sister. I mean, I remember at certain times just feeling safer because she was there, even though she was younger than me. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for helping me out. <laughs> I get it. I also remember one time. I don't know why this is sticking up in my head right now, but I think it was because I felt safe. And for some reason, it was unusual, but my sister and I were in my brother's bedroom in bed with him. He had like a a bigger bed and he had been reading to us or something. And I don't know how he was reading to us. I do remember because it must have been really late, but I mean, there's just weird things that stick out in your mind. Like the light from the bathroom was really bright in there (laughs) and that I heard car wheels shrieking my dad yelling, and I remember him running down the hallway in his underwear, grabbing a gun. And I remember he, I, I, I don't know if I'm like in my memory that I'm making this up or if he really shot at the car. I can't remember. But someone had stolen our car. Um, in front of your house. In front of our house, out yeah. of our driveway. And I, I just remember feeling safe because my brother was in there, like my brother really calming me down. He was old, He was like four years older than me, but we were all in there. And it was scary that dad was wielding a gun, that he was, you know, the whole thing was just weird. But I remember that. And hmm. yeah, it was definitely, there's definitely feels like there's strength in numbers. Did you uh, have any scary movies that um, that started you down I don't a, really, a fear path or anything? I don't really remember any scary movies that made me specifically have like long standing fearful issues. But I do remember one time my, my parents had went out for the evening and my sister and I were home alone. And for some dumb reason, we decided to watch Pet Cemetery together. And it just... It, it got, I don't remember the movie being that scary. I just remember us freaking ourselves out because it was dark and my, our parents were gone and we were home alone and just kind of the way you freak yourself out when you watch things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I think like a week or two later, or maybe I just is somehow connected in my mind, but my sister had went up, we call it the mountain, Rattlesnake Mountain in, a, in my hometown. It's not really a mountain. It's a big hill, <laughs> but she was up on the mountain babysitting at some of our friends, which there's not very many people that live up there. And, uh, you know, that's where 
the Warner Satanists did their thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jake's like every town has some. <laughs> well, you know, we did have before this had happened. Before this particular thing I'm talking about, there was a baby that had been left and had its head bashed in at the the lake there on the mountain. Germany. And it was like a horrible ordeal. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, there yeah. was just a... Dominance. Yes. Yes, exactly. So anyways, my sister was babysitting and they, ha- they have a big ranch. It has a long drive and stuff. Well, my sister is swearing. She calls me and I'm down at my house. My parents are gone. And my cousin is with me and she says... That there's someone there that she's scared. That was back before cell phones. <laughs> so, like, we didn't have a way to call our parents to tell them to go. And I wasn't going to call the police. Yeah. And their parents were obviously gone. So, me and my cousin decided to drive up there. And hopefully, that if we drive up, it'll scare anyone off or whatever. I don't know why we were so brave. But it was a cow standing outside <laughs> the window. <laughs> so your sister was afraid of a cow. Yeah. yeah. But I think it, for some reason I felt like it was close to the pet cemetery thing. Yeah. So I, I watched pet cemetery. I don't think I was overly afraid of that one. You know, maybe the mm-hmm. normal amount of yeah. Like I said, I don't know that it was the movie as much as it was just the perfect storm of being home alone, it being dark. You know, us freaking ourselves out. Did you watch Poltergeist? Yeah, that didn't really scare me. Huh. Most of my fears revolved around supernatural things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like those feel like the most powerful things. You know, I mean, probably to some people they don't though. You think? Well, I get. Yeah, I guess. But what I'm saying is they feel like a foe that you aren't quite equipped to handle. Okay. Battle yeah, yeah. is what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because it's like the Satanist. I felt like supernaturally they knew I was there. Right. I mean, they probably had no clue. But I, I, I liked that feeling of, of getting a little scared. And we would always ask my grandma to tell us stories. And when we would stay the night with her, they lived out on a farm that was kind of up on a hill. And so it just it felt a little secluded because as compared to like the home that we grew up in. And my grandma would tell us all these stories. Well, there was this one particular one about my great uncle that he, to the day he died, which was recently, swore that this happened, swore that he had not been drinking, that this really, really happened. And the other people had swore they saw this person on this road. He was probably 19, I think is what she said. And my grandma and her family didn't have any cars. And he was out on one of the family horses. And it was a rural area and he was coming down the road riding it after he'd been out with some friends that night, came home and walking towards him was another horse with a man on it that was headless. He saw he you know, kicked his horse into gear <laughs> and they said he didn't put up the saddle, he didn't anything. And he went and slept at the foot, at like 19 years old, slept at the foot of my grandma, great grandma and grandpa's bed. And he, he always swore that story was true. Huh. And so I used to like get us all crazy when yeah. we'd be in the bed with my grandma and and they had all kinds of animals and stuff, so you'd hear all these sounds. It just freak us out, and we loved it. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of a grandma's story, and this is a true story, but we were living in the same house, so it even freaked me out even more whenever I started thinking about these things, mm-hmm. is that my grandmother and her sister came home to my grandma's house one time, and... They had reason to believe that maybe somebody was mad at them. So that's why they didn't freak out. They, they came into their house and it was ram ramshackled. Is that the right word? Yeah. Ransacked. Ransacked. Ramshackled. <laughs> what is wrong with you today? Hey, but that's a good word, isn't it? Ramshackled. <laughs> I didn't say it was a correct word, but it's a good word. Sure. <laughs> it was ransacked. They had reason to believe that somebody had been mad at them and could have possibly done this. So they weren't too freaked out by it. They get to the very last room and open the closet door, and there's a big, burly guy in the closet. Now, as oh, a, my gosh. I know. It made me think How that this I could happen again. I don't know. But it made me think that this could happen again. That's why I was afraid of it. But it's very funny because at this point, listen to this. So they both start to scream like, ah, you know, and he starts to scream going, ah. <laughs> Anyway, he takes off running down the street <laughs> away from the house. So it's just. Did he get was, caught? I don't know if he ever did or not. I'm going to have to call your grandma and find out what happened to this man and what was going on. <laughs> yeah, you need the first hand account because she could probably tell it better and has more details. Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, I had a, my grandma came in. I was just telling my friend who actually moved to that neighborhood uh, recently that she came home one afternoon, parked a car in the garage, walked through the kitchen, came face to face with a burglar. And ran the other way. He ran out the back door. It's things like that. That that does kind of freak you out a little bit. Yeah. I don't worry about. I don't think about things like that very often. Only if 
like something's weird when I come in. Like one time the door between the garage and the house was open and we'd been gone for a while and I didn't remember leaving a light on that was on. And I was like, oh, I really hate to walk in here like this. I mean, I still, I don't I, ever, like, I don't, that doesn't bother me to come home alone. Like, I know people that it really bothers them to walk into their house alone after yeah. dark or well, something. I, I, I don't do this whenever you're, you're here. So I still have some of these leftover fear hangovers. But whenever you're not here, I will go through the house just to make sure nobody's here. Really? I mean, I, there's no, f- I don't really like tiptoe into each room or anything. I just, you know, go into each room. You don't tiptoe, you just go in. <laughs> There's a bravery about it. I'm trying, to say, <laughs> I'm trying to say, but it's still there. So you, you you can judge me if you want. Podcast world. Podcast world. Oh, oh gosh, should we tell him the story? Oh, you're gonna have to. We've already. Yeah. We've already. Uh, like, is this it. a good spot to say? Sure. Well, let's just keep dumping on Randy. <laughs> I mean, I'm dumping, I know you're not dumping on me. I, I get it. But who knew this episode would be so much about me? <laughs> I, did, I did not. I did not think anything about it when I was talking about, hey, we should talk about fear. It's Halloween. <laughs> Just so happens I was a big Freddy cat. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to childhood for a minute. I remember as a kid, I fear my parents dying a lot. I wouldn't want them to go away really without me because, not because I feared being away from them, but I didn't want them something to happen to them and I may not be there. Yeah. Do you fear death now for even the family members or yourself? Like I said, have, have that's, you- that is, that is my biggest fear. And I, I was, when I, I was talking to my mom, cause I knew we were going to have this episode and I said, you know, I still hate it. Even if Randy goes out of town a long ways away or just out of your normal thing, because I'm, I don't want to lose you. That's probably my biggest fears is that, or our kids getting really sick or losing one of them. I fear that when I let my mind go there. Mm-hmm. I don't let my mind go there all the time. I was going to say, is that a, is that no? A- and I think some people, I think some people do. I think some people can't control how their mind works, but it is something that comes up for me like often that I, that I'll think about because you'll I'll read a story about another child that's terminally ill, or I mean, I'm constantly spending my life trying to keep my kids healthy and well and safe, and so you're constantly thinking about the what ifs. You know, no, you can't play on that storm drain (laughs) or you can't, you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And you just, and then you hear stories too, of just the weirdest things that happen that are Mm -hmm. just freak accidents. And you just, they're heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. But if if you feared that freak accident happening to you or your loved ones, you like, you wouldn't live life. Oh yeah. I know. So, I I mean, we can't be afraid of. Yeah. I have a cousin who's so, so worried about the brain amoeba that you sometimes hear about in warm or lukewarm water. Yeah. Like she's like, she's afraid of it in the shower. My kids don't take baths, I don't think. And I know that they don't get in any kind of lake or pond, even though they go fishing and stuff a lot and the kids want to get in the water. She does not let them because, you know, she's that afraid of that. So let me ask you this. Should we, well, we can't, but get rid of all fear. I think fear keeps us safe. Exactly. So I think fear. A fear can be a friend if yeah, we yeah. allow it to guide us with our intuition and with wisdom but I think we can't be afraid of our fear. I, I feel like it's if fear becomes like this snowball monster kind of thing that picks up more fear and picks up more fear as it rolls along. No, you know? I, yeah. And so you have to just be able to look that fear in the eye and say, okay, I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going to take whatever precaution I can. And if I can't control the situation that you're making me afraid of, then I have to just say, okay, I can't control that. And you have to lay it aside. You know what I mean? No, I totally know what you mean, but... I'm sitting here wondering. I know there's people, and people struggle with that. I understand that. I don't want to belittle people who have real anxiety. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, because anxiety is real. And I, I mean, I deal with anxiety in a different way, I think, maybe. Just like high levels of stress kind of anxiety. But I realize anxiety is an issue. So I don't want to be like, well, just look your fear in the eye until it be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because I understand. But I do feel like there is some some power to just recognizing and acknowledging that you can't control things and that you have to choose to live despite that. I'm not saying that everyone can do that. Sure. But what I'm sitting here thinking about is the word that you're using control because you're saying don't fear the things you can't control. Are you saying control the things that give you fear and just get rid of them? I mean, if, for instance, like uh, let's say Zeph was doing something 
rock climbing and he wants to rock climb but you have the ability to tell him not to because that's assuaging your fear by controlling him not doing it but what if it's something that he really loves and then you're hindering his happiness i guess well then what i would do in that situation (laughs) is i would show him every tragic accident i could find evidence of rock climbing Uh, no i mean i would just try my best to educate him and then hope that he would make good decisions or be safer about it or take better precautions when he was doing it. When I'm talking about things that you can control, I can control how safe my house is. I can get an alarm system. I can put a different deadbolt on there. I can want to get a cons- intruder, intruders. I'm just saying that's one thing you can control. Sure. You can somewhat control. Okay. Yeah. You can take it to a certain point, yeah. and then you have to say, "I've done everything I can." I'm as ready as I can be, and if I continue to obsess over this, then I am robbing my life of all of the other great, wonderful things that I can revel in, because the whole point is I want to enjoy my life, (laughs) so, and you have to decide what, you know, is more important for you there, and then the things that you can't control, like, I can control so much of my children's health, but I can't control it completely. Yeah. You know, I can make sure they eat healthy and I can make sure they you know, exercise and I can make sure that they have checkups with their doctor and things like that. But beyond that, you know, you're somewhat limited in what you can do for that. Mm-hmm. And I can't control how you drive when I'm not in the car with you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't control how I drive when I am in the car with you. That's right. <laughs> so, but there's other things that I think we fear that we can't control at all. Such as? Other people, like as far as, you know, fearing what someone's going to think of us or, or fearing how things might happen at your work if you're worried about some things in your your job situation. I mean, you can only control what's right underneath your sphere of influence and the rest of it you either have to accept or wait to see how it falls out or maybe you have to move your, maybe part of your control is moving yourself into a different kind of, Situation. I'm just saying there are things we can control and things we cannot. Absolutely. And at some point you have to say, I've done everything I can or, you know, what else can I do? But at some point you have to live your life and not be controlled by fear. It will control you otherwise. That got deep. That got deep. So when I was talking to my mom about this, I was saying, hey, so what are you afraid of? She's like, my mom's not really a fearful person at all. She's a very faithful person. So she's a Christian and she, that was one of the things she said was, you know, my faith in, in Jesus really takes care of a lot of my fear. <laughs> but she said, you know, she fears, when even when I said losing my loved ones, she said that, you know, that's part of life. And she also, she was saying there's just a natural order to things. She said her first thing was she feared heights. And I'm like, I kind of feel like that's natural. Like, I don't think a lot of people, maybe I do believe there are phobias of that, but I don't, I don't think very many people probably like heights. <laughs> but the most people... Their common sense indicator or their fear is telling them, get back from the ledge. It's too far down. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know? And that's kind of the thing I mean about fear being a friend. It can alert us when there's danger. Mm -hmm. And she hates snakes. Like, she's like, she's afraid of snakes. But she said the things that she fears I thought were pretty interesting. The things that she fears are getting older and not being able to take care of herself and being a burden on her family. And she also really fears medical issues. I mean, she and my dad are both getting older. My dad's got some medical issues and she's recently had breast cancer and went through treatment for that. And so then you have all these issues going on with the healthcare in our country and the fact that they both own their own businesses and that my dad also just retired and then what can you afford and all these different things. And so like those are the things that are necessities, especially with their situation and also a lot of out of their control. And so she said, that's scary stuff. And I said, yeah, I can definitely see that. I can sense that. I can feel that. It's, I mean, that's, and then, you know, it's funny because Zeph was talking, he was asking us what desperation meant. What does desperate yeah. mean yeah. today? And I'm like, those are the situations where people are desperate. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's there's real deep things to fear. Yeah. And then there's a lot of the things that are trivial fears we have. And sometimes it's the trivial fears that keep us from really awesome things in our life. There's some deep-seated fears that everyone probably has of like being alone or I think a lot of people fear maybe the way they might die. Mm-hmm. Like when we asked Lola what she was afraid of today, she's like, 
Getting murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, first she said murder in her sleep. I was like, if I'm getting murdered, I want it to happen <laughs> in my sleep. sleep. Yeah. I'll just be gone. And I wouldn't even know it. What are some other things that people, what, what are some of the things that are trivial that keep us from living life? People fear what other people think a lot. Mm, that's probably a big one. I yeah. think people, um, and I think that one actually leads up to other fears, like yeah. fearing that they're not enough. And so they don't ever go after what they want, fearing that they don't have what it takes, which is similar. I mean, like, because I think fearing that you're not enough is is a little bit different in the sense of like you don't feel like you're able, but fearing like you don't have what it takes means you don't feel like you have the resources or can't get the resources for some reason. Earlier, you said people fear failure, which is I understand. You also said fearing success because a lot of people don't know what it's going to look like. It doesn't feel comfortable or they know the work it's going to take to stay successful. I think people it's also the work, isn't it? <laughs> well, true. But I think people fear success because they know it's going to change their life in a lot of ways. I, I mean, I think it sounds silly to some people to say fear success, but I think that you think of, okay, if I hit it big, then, you know, I'm going to have to find a, like it's all the things and the trappings that come with success. I'm going to need a bigger warehouse to fill this. I'm going to need that. Then they, they want to stay smaller instead of going for that bigger success or mm. whatever. Yeah. I also think people fear things based on past experiences. Like they, they avoid certain things because they don't want it to turn out like something in the past. Like or some, somebody that they knew. Or themselves. Or like they don't, like they don't want to experience. relive something. Like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through that again. Hmm. I don't want to have a situation like that again or like so-and-so had. And so they would will avoid certain things. Like, you see it in relationships. People yeah, will avoid relationships. relationships. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about people not having the resources. Like, people who may have tried getting an education in some way but had either the cards stacked against them or learning disabilities or something like that where they would say, I don't want to do that again because I don't want to get in that situation where I can't keep up with schoolwork and a job or my family, you know, all of those different things. I, we let fear hinder us from a lot of things. And, you know, there are people out there who will say, if you want something bad enough, you'll go get it. But I, I just, people also, it's like you saying people fear the work. People also know they have to weigh, like they may want this thing, but there may also be other things that are in their way that are responsibilities they can't let go of right now. No, absolutely. Life is, it's, it's a stacked deck for everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Fear is, can be a helper, uh, it can be a hinder, and it can also be hilarious. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what are you uh, thinking about as you laugh? Is our story that we talked about in the beginning. Actually, several stories. Several stories. <laughs> Do they all revolve around me? Probably. Well, I should have known that you were a little bit of a fraidy cat. <laughs> when we first started, we weren't even really dating at that point. We were. Is that is that courting? I don't know. I don't think so. Walking around and talking. We were walking around and talking. <laughs> we were at a retreat. Yeah. Which we've told the story a little bit in the first episode ever of the podcast because he told the story about how we got together yeah and we said something about skinny dipping which didn't happen but you can go back and listen to that episode if you missed it <laughs> and however in walking around that park at greenleaf state park which is next to a little lake it was dark very dark and we're just walking around and we had been with a group of people earlier and actually we were walking in front of the group of people when this happened we just happened to be trying to find the docks and they oh, you might have been trying to find the docks i was trying to be romantic <laughs> get away with you so we were walking kind of ahead of this group of people we were walking way ahead of these people <laughs> and you were walking on the right side of me not when, the wrong side of you <laughs> the right side of my body okay. when <clears throat> i we heard this like rustle right in front of us we've been telling stories about how this couple on that road near there Thank you. had been murdered. Yes, you can help me out here. Because I'm from that neck of the woods. Yes. And we were just telling stories about like like the whole group of us was. Mm -hmm. And we heard this big rustling over here. And Randy 
casually. Grabs a hold of me. I think he's going to help me run away. And he pushes me towards the noise and ran off. Gestured you that way <laughs> as I went this way. <laughs> as one would do. If they were fearing their life. <laughs> if they thought something might attack them from the other side, like a. Because <laughs> like that was a diversion was, tactic. <laughs> this was the distraction, and somebody was going to come to the other side. You just never know. Obviously, we both lived, and it happened to be. A trash bag <laughs> inside the great big metal trash can. <laughs> Just Upon blowing. further investigation, this brave soul, <laughs> I found out that it was a trash can. Uh, but they were close enough behind us that they saw the whole thing and thought it was hilarious. I do not remember that. Yeah, because then they scared us on the way back to the dorms. I thought they just did that. Unrelated. No, they knew. It was hilarious. I think you're li- reliving it wrong. No, but when you, they did scare us on the way back, you did try to be more gallant. I did. And you, <laughs> That's a good you made me kneel with you <laughs> instead of running. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was definitely trying to be more gallant yeah. in that second scare attempt that night. Or the first one wasn't even an attempt. It was just a rustling bag. <laughs> yeah. And the second one, somebody did try to scare us, and I was trying to protect my fair lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should have known that you threw me to the trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we had, that was obviously before we were married, but about a year and a half, two years after we were married. You have more? Yeah. Wow. We were in a, we were living in this home that had a shed in the back mm-hmm. and our gates were locked and we heard a noise out there and you grabbed a baseball bat. I stood, like you stood behind me with a baseball bat as we walked together towards, because you had to walk through the house to get out to the back door to even look out there to see what was going on. And we don't know why, but the shed door was open and it was blowing in the breeze and we couldn't really see anything. Mm-hmm. We don't know if someone was trying to that get in there or not. That is not the story not. I thought you were going to tell. What story did you think I was going to tell? Well, in the same house, didn't you like say there was a spider in our bed and I... In the middle of the night, Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the night, I felt something crawling on my leg. We had been dead asleep, but I felt something crawling on my leg. And I reached down and I felt it with my hand too. And I started like flicking it off really hard under the covers. And Randy pops up out of bed, <laughs> stands straight up on the bed. And <laughs> because of the covers, his feet wouldn't gain traction, so it looked like he was totally Scooby doing it with his legs like in place. And he ran from the t- I could just stand up right on top of the bed and ran off and ran out down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine, if you will, being woke from dead sleep and being told there's a spider. I didn't tell in the you. Bed. I was just going like this, like <laughs> well, crazy. That's the international sign for a spider in your bed. So therefore, <laughs> he ran from a spider like that. <laughs> I don't know. All I know. I think you didn't know what was happening. You just knew it was not normal. Yes, and all I do know is that I have become braver. You are definitely not a scaredy cat anymore. Having kids, I think, made you Buck be up. more gallant. I guess word? I don't know. <laughs> but no, I think that is interesting. Though I think since having kids, I have you were forced to be the strong protector, daddy. Gotten brave, or. Braver, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't feel like you're unbrave, non-brave. Yeah, I'm a bit. But what is you know, what would I, that be? Unbrave, non-brave. Unbravely. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but no, I think I think that really has been the reason why. Because I mean, this is going to sound bad. So you would fight for exactly. Them, that's exactly why me. I said this is going to sound. Can read your mind. <laughs> bad, because apparently I wouldn't fight for my woman. <laughs> for my. Well, I think. <laughs> I'm a pretty strong-willed, headstrong woman anyways. I think I might give off a little bit of the vibe, especially when we were first dating, that I could take care of myself. But still yet. <laughs> I'm trying to save you here, yeah, babe. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so what do you fear now? I mean, I can't really think of much that I've, I know I, I fear heights. 
I'm sure I would still fear a bear in the woods or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, so there's, you know, those type of things. I don't feel like I have any phobias, but, you know, I'm sure there's things that I fear, but I just don't put, I don't allow myself to go there very often into the fear realm. But I'm sure it would have to be financial type stuff or, or not being able to protect financially, you know, uh, provide for, for my family and, and things of that, that nature. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't walk around fearing that I'm going to get fired or lose my job or anything. But if I were to, the first thing that that I would start to fear would be something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think fear can be circumstantial. You know? Yeah. Or if you were incapacitated and couldn't. Ab- well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, so and all I have, those things I are very real fears. That. I mean, yeah. they're real things. So I guess I'm saying if I allow myself, I can I can fear a few things. But I, there's there's really nothing that paralyzes me. I don't, Mm -hmm. I have no paralyzing fears that are keeping me from doing anything that I know of. So have you ever had any spookiness? Spooky experiences? Have you ever experienced anything spooky? Not truly. Not in my opinion. Because, and I think this is something that you said earlier was that we can fear feeds fear or we can, it compounds, if that makes sense. So back whenever I did have a what I would, yeah, I would consider an unhealthy fear of supernatural powers getting me. I would hear things. But, you know, looking back on it, I think I was hearing things because I was fearing things. Whenever you fear something, I think you can begin to manifest it, manifest it in your own head. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I saw something over there, whether you did or not, you were thinking you were going to see something. So therefore you saw something. And, and most of the time, mine were rarely seeing things. It was more of like hearing things. Mm-hmm. No, somebody said my name. There's nobody in this house, but somebody said my name, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Oh, yeah, you can freak yourself out on yeah. stuff like that. But I think what you said actually rings true a little bit. The way, I mean, I think you do manifest things and you make things manifest just means to make things evident or to show, make things show up, mm-hmm. to make them clear or evident. We do manifest things even when we fear them. Like to say, I'm never going to have enough. If you say you're never going to have enough and you're always operating from a place of lack, you will never have enough. But if you operate from, I have enough, I can make this work. You know, then you find ways to make things work or yeah. you, you're, you're just, your perception changes. Yeah, totally so the way that you see it and the way you perceive it is totally different. So there's a lot of truth to that. You know, Lola was, has been a very fearful child. She's not so much anymore. No. But she worried me a lot for a while because she would be so worried and anxious and freaked out about stuff. And she still does have a lot of anxiety, I think, for a girl her age in the sense of, I think she's kind of a worry wart about certain things. Something interesting with that. Knowing how I was, I didn't want her to be that way. I, I would definitely try not to encourage it, but I would be empathetic to it. And I think maybe even to the point that I encouraged it unwittingly. Does that make any sense? Oh, well, I can think of one specific way you did that. Okay. But I can't really think of other ways that you did that. Like, I remember when we first moved from the house that we brought her home to, Mm -hmm. and we moved to a different house. Yeah. You had taken the side off of her crib, and and so it was a toddler bed at that point. So she was no longer caged in, basically. Mm -hmm. She had a brand new room. It was a new house. And she was a little fearful because it was it was all new. And you brought her to bed. Like she had never true. slept in bed with us. Yep, and you brought true. her to bed with us. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the night, every night for the next three, four, nine years. Seven, eight years. <laughs> she would come in our bed, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. We would always wake up with a Lola in our bed. Mm-hmm. However, I think she's definitely grown out of that. She's well, still <laughs> She's grown well, out of that. Sure. And I'm not talking about the bed thing, but even fear. I think she's grown out of a lot of that fear. Oh, uh, yeah. Case in point, she will sleep even now with her door closed by herself in her room. That's something I would have never have done. Yeah. yeah so she doesn't have those type of fears that I had. But she, I think she she does run a little bit more anxious yeah. than the other two. Yeah. yeah. I have anxiety that I wouldn't necessarily call. It's a type of fear, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a fear. Yeah. But like I, I run kind of high stress level. I'm thinking of the uh, Lola having a fear of, of white vans. You know, you're looking at me weird, but she, you know this. You know this. 
White vans. I thought you said fans. <laughs> I was like, fans. She has never said she was afraid of a fan. What are you talking about? White vans. Like Van, vehicles. Like vehicle vans. Yes. Yeah, because I get. I don't know why she's had an irrational fear of them. And I, so much so that she's like made her brother afraid of them. Because the other day yeah. we saw. There's a white van. Exactly. <laughs> we saw a white van and he's like, right there, there's a white van. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So he's like, you know what happens like, in white vans? I'm like, no, I don't. What happens? Yeah, I'm like, you okay. get stolen in them. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you get stolen. Uh, in them. Yeah, <laughs> they would see them on the bus, even coming home, and like Lola would have like other kids freaked out that there were white vans in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's been a white van on that street for like three days, but it's not there at night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's hilarious. Our children are mirrors of us in ways. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Did you ever get really scared at Halloween? Well, sure, but that was because of my irrational fears of supernatural things and <laughs> demons, demons getting me in the middle of the night. And that's like the holiday for demons. Um, so, yeah, I got extra scared at Halloween. Um, I, but I also remember, and this is... Heck, this could have aided in my uh, fear, but desiring to be uh, have that fear. I mean, uh, yeah. like like you because would, people, it's like adrenaline. Yeah, you yeah get, I mean, yeah. like you would with any scary movie. So we used to make it um, a thing whenever I was in high school. We would drive out to these way far out cemeteries and walk through them at night. That's just silly. Yeah. That's a good way to freak yourself out. Exactly. exactly. Especially if you were already like that. <laughs> I know. I know. I, mean, uh, I never did it by myself. I always did it with a, a girl? friend or, or sometimes a girl. <laughs> so dumb. It started out with friends. It's a good it was thing like, there hey. wasn't a trash bag wrestling in the wind. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me either. <laughs> Mary, the man who <laughs> threw me to a trash bag. <laughs> You'll never live it down, babe. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, do you have a shout out? I do. He is an illustrator, and his name is Derek Yanniger. I hope I'm saying that right. Derek Yanniger. And his particular type of uh, illustration harkens back to a different era. And, I mean, it's kind of like 50s, 60s. Think about beach blanket bingo type of movies. or on kind of mod. Uh, mod. And, like, I also think of, like, Rat Fink, which is a type of... And like hot rod type of, of mm. drawing and, and stuff like that. And uh, I think about Pink Panther. Yeah. So all of his illustrations harken back to like that time period. And he's been all over the world with his art and Italy, Australia. So no matter where you're from, you might have the chance to see him. He's hung in galleries. He's worked for Cartoon Network. He's done posters in Vegas. You need to read his website too, because if you just... Even if you just read his bio, it, it's spoken in that, hey, cool cat, you know, all that, <laughs> that interesting language of that time period. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Do you have a shout out? I do. I want to shout out Carly Hogan from E Avenue Studios. You know, we get a chance to talk about a lot of creatives on here. We get a chance to talk to a lot of creatives and Instagram and me doing, because I do all the social media, which most people who follow us on social media know it's usually me or always me. No, I was going to say, I'm kidding. It's always usually <laughs> Everyone's like, I think maybe you've done two posts, <laughs> but listeners reach out and I've made some really good friends with listeners. And so that's how I first, you know, connected with Carly. And I saw that she was creating this, I don't want to say adorable in the sense of that it makes it seem cutesy or less than art because it's it's she's an artist but because of her subject matter that i first fell in love with her were were these adorable loving treasured kind of portraits of kids like she captures this kind of spark from kids that is just a little genius honestly <laughs> and so there, there's her art but i'm also just so impressed with her as a person because she's constantly constantly giving using her platform to give kind of honor and praise and bring attention to other people that she really loves. Like she's like the shout out queen. She doesn't call them that or anything, but she's constantly just sharing things that she's like the most generous spirited 
And when you talk to her, she's because we've moved beyond Instagram friends to Skype. And I think everyone needs to know her. And I think everyone needs to to see her art. And she's an emerging artist. So this like go support her, go find out how to have really cool portraits of your kids made from an artist who is just an amazing spirit and give them to grandmas and grandpas and make your Christmas cards with them and all that good jazz because Carly is the real deal and you want to definitely support someone who has that kind of heart, that kind of spirit and that kind of talent. Cool. I have to check her out. Yeah. So that was our episode on fear and I feel like I've uh, gone through the ringer. You do? Uh, I've, I've exposed myself. <laughs> I that's not what I intended at Remember, all. I, it... I told you I was a very private person. I've said that on this podcast before. <laughs> and no one believes it now. <laughs> and now I've just bared all. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> <laughs> not quite all. No, they didn't see you in your baraclava. What was that called? <laughs> balaclava. Balaclava. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what that is, there'll be a link in the show notes. <laughs> no, there will not. No, to a balaclava, not Uh-oh. to the... <laughs> I was going to say, no, there will not. <laughs> That's what he's afraid of. This, this picture I took of him earlier is going to get out. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to. Um, but speaking of bearing all, never really had a problem with that. I never, never feared that. Yeah, you're not really a modest person. No, I've never had that dream where I wake up and I'm naked at school and I, I thought it was a nightmare. Yeah. No, I just went through the rest of that day. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Really? Are you just teasing? No, really. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, I'm hanging out. (laughs) I mean, I've hung out at some places, track meets, and different things like that already, all over campus at OSU. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's another story. That's another story for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back soon with a new episode of We Are the Revelers. Thanks for listening to We Are the Revelers. You can listen to more of our episodes exploring how to celebrate the creative spirit, romance the ordinary, and revel in all life's messy glory by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud. Don't miss our exclusive guide of 25 ways to revel more and regret less by signing up for new episode releases and bits and pieces of revelry in your inbox. We're calling it confetti because newsletters are oh so boring. There's a nifty little box right at the top of our website, wearetherevelers.com. We're excited to hear from you, so please give us a shout out on social media. Until then, revel on. Oh, wow.